Wakandara Devastation, a weekly Magic the Gathering podcast where we talk all things Magic the Gathering. I'm your host, Joe Loudon, and with me as always is Sam Neal. Hiya. How are you doing this week, Sam? Uh, not too bad. Good, good. Yeah, I'm uh, back at work. Oh, no. Uh, it's just terrible. Uh, so... You know, I've got less time to just sit around my flat doing nothing. Which <laughs> <laughs> is what, what I have been doing for for the week previous. Um, yeah, 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 not too bad. Not too bad. How about you? Yeah, not bad. Yeah, back to just the two of us again this week. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it looks like we've had a, a guest on pretty much every every Monday in March, which is quite nice. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's I guess it's nice to, to get back to just the two of us. Yeah, get back right back into the swing of things. Mm-hmm. So speaking of getting back into the swing of things... How's your week of magic been? Uh, pretty, pretty good. Yeah, I uh, played some commander. Sweet. Um, that was fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was legacy F and M. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. I uh, left my legacy deck at home because I'd been, uh, I'd been like, sort of messing about with it. Yeah. The night, the night before, and then just forgot to put it in my bag. Um, so that was sort of a mad panic just for FNM but uh, kindly my friend Jake lent me his Miracles deck ooh nice that's a good yeah. deck I said I say lent me his Miracles deck he lent me the expensive cards <laughs> <laughs> and then I just sort of had to go around f- trying to find like other cards to fit into it like I needed a play set of accumulated knowledge yeah, yeah. Uh, another another Monastery Mentor like a Ben Dean Clear I had to find some cards but I, I finally got the deck together um, I went 2-2 two, two. okay Considering I've never played Miracles before. Yeah, it's, it's pretty, pretty good, good, definitely. Yeah, um, I, def- I definitely enjoyed it. I lost to Phoenix, the Buried Alive Phoenix deck. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, because game one, I just kept a bad five. Sure. Um, and then didn't really see anything, and got to the point where he cast a Cabal Ritual, and I was like, oh, whatever. <laughs> and I didn't have a card spell in hand. Um, but I didn't know he was playing Phoenix. Yeah. Um because I'd seen Lotus Battles rituals yeah. and cantrips and I was like well that must be Storm Yeah, because I didn't know that I wasn't sure, I didn't think the Phoenix deck ran Cabal Rituals specifically so I sideboarded like it was Storm took out my Terminuses and Plows yeah. and then just get game two like turn two he went buried alive Phoenixes and I was like oh <laughs> I can't beat that anymore uh oh yeah so I lost that um, beat Death Shadow sweet um yeah, which is which is cool. Uh, beat burn, and then lost a burn. But I, I there was a point where um, my burn opponent cast a fire blast. Yeah. Um, and I had a counterbalance in play, and just blind flipped a terminus off the top. Sweet. <laughs> which which was really good. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was nothing like a good old blind flip. Yeah, for a specifically six mana spell. Yeah. So sick. So blind blind flipping a one mana spell is like sort of, you know, you're, you're likely to do that based on the the, the um, density of those. Yeah. yeah. Spells you that, but being able to count a, a fire blast with the terminus is uh, it feels pretty good. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I yeah I've done some trading and stuff and sold some cards. Um, I now have a magic card market selling account. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah <laughs> hashtag today, MTG Finance now. Yeah, exactly. Um, earlier today, I got an order. Was it earlier today or yesterday? I got an order for a single copy of Pirate Blast. Yes. 
which I had listed for 50 cents. <laughs> <laughs> Someone had just bought one of those and they had paid more postage than they had for the card. I'm like, okay, sure. Yeah, Magic Card Market's great for that. Like, you can just sell anything and everything, and like people will buy it. Yeah, yeah. It's very, single, very strange purchases on there. Yeah, a single Ice Age Pyroblast, and they, they paid like one pound, one euro twenty postage and 50 cents for the card. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> That's fine, I'll post that out. Yeah. Nice, nice, not bad. Yeah, sweet. How was your week at Magic? Yeah, my, my weekend's been been all right um i managed to play a little bit of arena mm. um it's yeah it's still fine i just figured it's like it's free magic isn't it and the ravnica allegiance draft has had been up um so i managed to get some drafts in uh just was doing that whole forces aureus slash esper thing each time and having a bit of fun mm-hmm. doing that yeah, you say free magic. That's if you're not me and just spend a heinous amount of money on draft because you've got nothing better to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. So I'll just buy some gems. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm still determined just to keep it, to keep my arena account free to play, just to see see how far I can do. Sure. Uh, and yeah, other than that, it's been Legacy Cube on uh, Magic on my other Magic Online, almost at Arena then. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be sweet. No. <laughs> uh, um, awesome. I would. Uh, yeah, I need to get on that. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't drafted it yet. Uh, I just... Yeah, I managed to get ten drafts in over the the weekend. So that was pretty cool. Sweet, yeah. that's a lot of drafts. Uh, it was yeah, two one and everyone missed out on the on the elusive three nil. But yeah, I've been happy with my, my records and just been playing some really cool cool decks. Um, I'm finding like a decent amount of success with like all the monocolor decks this time. Oh, cool. So like mono green, I did like had like an amazing. Uh, game of mono green that you've been so proud of me for where I <laughs> had like creatures and a guy's cradle I think like my only spell like my only non-creature spell was like plow under like ev- everything else was just a creature um, yeah I had like an amazing game where it was like like a couple of creatures on board but my opponent had like a massive board presence uh, and I managed to I had a to have I had like a Avenger of Zendikar in hand Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was an Avenger of Zendikar and a Devoted Druid in hand, and I had like a Fauna Shaman and like maybe one or two other creatures on board. Yeah. Uh, I managed to cast the <laughs> uh, cast the the Avenger of Zendikar. I just just had one of those moments where like I just saw a line. It was like right, I need to win this turn, or else my opponent can like just swing up all their creatures and, and win. If not this turn, they'll do that. They'll win the turn after. Mm-hmm. So I was like, right, I've got to, got to find something, and then just kind of saw the line of like, oh, I can play this Avenger, Avenger of Zendikar, yeah. make a load of plant tokens, and then tap my Gaia's Cradle for loads of mana, so I can activate this Fauna Shaman, and then cast, <laughs> go get Creator Hoof Behemoth and cast that for the win, and it was so sick. It felt really good. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. That sounds very much like my kind of magic. Definitely, definitely so. And then, yeah, like, I drafted like a sweet, like, mono blue deck as well, which had like, three different jaces in it and like all the counter spells and just managed to grind out some some sweet value nice uh one through a a jace friends prodigy album twice as well like loads loads of just really cool fun interactions that don't really come up outside of cube so i love mm-hmm. cube cube's great yeah i yeah i i should probably do a couple of those drafts um because i i do enjoy drafting cube i'm not i'm not that into legacy cube yeah I much prefer Vintage Cube, but um, I'm going to skip it go. Yeah, Vintage Cube is, is definitely better, but I mean, any cube's better than no cube in my eyes. 
that's not remotely true. <laughs> <laughs> no cube is certainly better than legendary cube. Oh, I had some fun with legendary cube. Oh, <laughs> I had some real God, fun with that. That. <laughs> that format was so bad. Oh, I, I just I opened all the packs and was just like, what am I meant to be doing? <laughs> like I have no <laughs> idea what's meant to happen. Uh, I have some. I've got some real good screenshots saved from from legendary cube from from back when that was a thing that one time. Yeah, to see that come back. And it never happened again because yeah. no one likes it. <laughs> you got prize packs as well. It was it was great. Yeah, it just wasn't fun. <laughs> <laughs> so I fully believe there were cool interactions and you know interesting things you could do, but it just wasn't fun to play. Yeah, it was it was pretty much like just take all of the land cards and then once you've got a decent four or five color mana base, just pick whatever legendary cards are left in the pack because I guarantee sure. you that good enough to win the game sure it's just got like i first picked a thraxamunda i was like i, I don't know what i'm doing here this format is not oh, for no. me <laughs> that sounds, sounds completely awful yeah I, I found it was very much just pick the fix in early on mm-hmm. and then yeah that makes sense yeah like any of the creatures in the cube were pretty powerful so you're gonna get some some win conditions regardless sure oh, that, was um, good. that was good maybe i'll maybe i'll attempt to recreate the legendary cube in paper God, never, <laughs> never ask me to play that. <laughs> uh, yeah, but outside of that, I haven't, haven't played a lot, but I've certainly watched a lot of Magic this weekend. Oh yeah, there was a lot to, there was a lot to, to digest this, yeah. uh, this weekend in terms of Magic. Yeah, I guess that's going to be our sort of basis slash main topic this week. Really, mm-hmm. it was finally time for the Mythic Invitational. Yeah, yeah, Magic the Gathering's biggest ever tournament. Yeah, and it was. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot. I yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it as well. Which mm-hmm. kind of yeah, I think it feels really strange to say. Like, given like this point, this time last week, I was feeling a bit hesitant about the whole thing. I was like, eh, I'm sure it'll be fine. I'll give it a watch. I'm disappointed. X Y Z people aren't going to be there. Uh, I'm not sure about this commentary team. You know, we'll we'll see. We'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, like, very quickly, I found that it felt like my suspicions were going to be confirmed, as there were some pretty horrendous mistakes quite early on. Oh Jesus! Yeah, watching early on the Thursday. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, there were some things going on because I just sort of constantly had it on in the background all day. Yeah. Um, like I watched, I watched most of it, but yeah, I watched some of it on the Thursday. It's like, what is happening? <laughs> Surely this can't be what they want to happen. Yeah, you had like let's call them teething issues. You had um, yeah for some reason wizards decided to keep like open chat on on Twitch. Jesus so that was uh, that was pretty horrendous uh, was, to say the least. There was, some, there was some stuff going on in chat. That yeah, was just they like you put an event on that big yeah. and magic players in open Twitch chat just you know have been known to say some some bad things and and sort of ruin it and then. It's a promotional tournament where you're meant to be, um, you know, showing it and showcasing it to people that don't play Magic and yeah, try to get new people get in. Eyes so on you're just game. trying to, yeah, yeah. So you're trying to just put it plaster it everywhere and get loads of people watching it. It's like, so a lot of gamers will be watching it, and gaming culture <laughs> exists in such a way where those people are also going to say some shady stuff. Yeah, and I just clearly wasn't a good idea. But then was it like the end of Thursday? They put it to sub only. Yeah, they did. Yeah. That was a much more pleasant experience from then on. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. That was that was 
it was a mistake and I'm really glad that they did fix it and didn't leave it open for the whole weekend because that would have soured the whole thing definitely it really would yeah yeah, I think like on top of that, there were like loads of issues with the sound to begin with, where like oh sound God. was cutting out and you couldn't hear things, and there were like hot mics on, and uh, I think the the biggest thing was just the background noise for me. Like there was, especially on the th- on the Thursday, I found and like some of the Friday, you could like you could hear like other games <laughs> being promoted in the background, and it was just yeah. just really odd. Like obviously, it's in a big convention center and. Packs a big, a big event. Yeah. There's loads of people around, and there's loads of other events and, and all sorts of stuff going on. But so much of that noise was being picked up on the mics. It was kind it was of really off button. Yeah, like most of the most of the Thursday and like some of the Friday. Every time there was there was coverage happening, I could just hear someone yelling in the background, yeah. like really excitedly, clearly like commentating on a different game. But it was just so loud, <laughs> and so distracting. Um, and I, I didn't know what it was because because when you looked at like because they did like the pan shots of like the area where they were where they were um, where the tournament was happening yeah there didn't seem to be anything that close yeah. that I should I should have been able to to hear it that loudly yeah um, for sure that was pretty bad some of the camera work was a little bit it just it looked it seemed like things were quite rushed a lot of the time and that they didn't have everything together everything fully planned yeah. There was there was one time where they tried to pass over to day nine, and it was just a shot of where day nine, day nine was supposed to be, and then a few tech people scrabbling around, and someone said we're nowhere near ready. Just like <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> and then, they, then they just played, then they just played a song with panning shots of packs for like ten minutes. Yeah. Like okay, um, it's felt a little, a little bit haphazard every now and then, which is I guess it's like it's their first tournament like this, right? Yeah, it, it, it's understandable. It's it's that thing of like, yes, it's the first time they've done an event like this. Yes, it's the first time they've done an event like this at somewhere like PAX. But at the same time, they've also been running like tournaments for over twenty years. So you would you'd assume they would have got the hang of at least most of this by now. I think this was a completely different beast, really. Yeah. Like just the so they had like the announcers and they had different booths and they had it was just obviously putting that into a space where you're quite squeezed in where because you're at a good, like a massive convention you sort of have to you have to fit yourself into the convention yeah. you aren't building coverage around a tournament that you've curated you're putting your tournament into something where it's already busy there's already a lot of stuff going on so. I don't know, it just seemed like some of the camera work was quite shaky, and sometimes they were just on the wrong thing. But, I mean, all in all, I enjoyed I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, definitely. The, the, the mistakes and the things that went wrong like gave me a bit of a laugh for like five minutes, and then yeah. it just it, it picked back up and it was fine. Um, I mean, all the all the, the coverage team and, and the, the casters and stuff were all, were all good. Um, they, they were entertaining, and... Yeah charismatic so that was that was good yeah definitely i was really impressed with everybody to be honest um i kind of hope that that's the team that they use for any of their esports events going forwards for the esports yeah esports solely definitely yeah i agree i think i think having like sort of entrenched magic players is probably better for the paper tournaments especially for like internal formats um just having like 
you know, people like LSV and Reed on and stuff, and like Riley Knight. I think those are the people that are, that are good for the paper tournaments. But if you're if you're trying to, because the esports tournaments, I assume, are going to be similar going forward. But this one in specific was was meant to be promotional. So you have people like Kibler who um, appeals to the Hearthstone audience. Obviously, yeah. like a very well known Magic player, but also appeals to the Hearthstone audience. Day Nine, who just appears uh, appeals to like gamers in general. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so that, and you had uh, David Williams, who's predominantly known as a poker player now. Yeah, well, magic player, poker player, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, also has that. I think he, he has that sort of high level magic knowledge, but has also done commentary on things like the Vintage Super League before. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. he, he, I think he, he suited the suited the role quite well. I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I mean, just watch like the viewing experience of Arena specifically was great. Yeah, like undeniably very very good. Um, it worked very, really well. Um, because I mean, yeah. I like watching paper tournaments. I think I probably enjoy watching paper tournaments more. But it's it's undeniable that watching some like two people play arena being streamed is very very easy to grasp. Definitely easy to understand exactly what's going on. Yeah, you can see the lines. So because normally you know you get um, if you're playing paper magic, you can't quite see the hands, and like there has to be someone there trying to like trying to sort of de- um, describe the board state um, with incomplete information. But with arena, you have everything there. Everything's going fast-paced. All the cards you can, you can, you know, all the cards you can read the cards. Um, so it was very easy to understand, very easy to to get through the games and and see the lines yourself. Yeah, for which sure. made it, which which made it a lot more a lot more engaging, I think, because um, there were a couple of games that were like really really good. Yeah. Um, and the fact that you could see everything going on and knew what was in everyone's hands and, and knew the lines people were taking that made, that made it a lot more. A lot easier to to engage with and, and to enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think from that side of like the logistics side of things, I think mm. they got it absolutely spot on. Uh, yeah, I really liked that you could see you could see both players' faces, so you could see their reactions. You could see uh, the board state absolutely perfectly. You could see both players' hands, uh, and yeah, everything everything was displayed there. Life totals. Um, initially, the timer wasn't displayed. Yeah, that was. <laughs> Because it was it was on the onto the left where they just kept putting pictures of cards, right? Yeah, yeah. So someone would, would mention a card and they put a picture of it up, and it would just cover the timer for some reason. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah that wasn't great, but I mean they, they worked out the kinks I think throughout throughout the weekend. Yeah, they did definitely. Yeah. Also, the uh, the cardboard live extension that they used was just incredible. Like, it, yeah, that's just so people good. at cardboard live are, are they they're going to make a billion dollars? Like, definitely. <laughs> oh, absolutely! It's so good because they've been using it on SCG as well. Yeah. And I think they used it for the last GP that Channel Fireball covered. Yeah, they did. Yeah, and it's just such a great addition. If you're watching it, watching it on Twitch, you can see the whole deck list and and everything. It's just it's it's very good. I'm yeah. a big fan of that program. I wouldn't um, be surprised if, if if that's just used for like all Magic events going forward. Yeah, I mean, I can't believe that Wizards didn't do something like that. Yeah, because <laughs> I mean, like, how long's Arena been in development? Surely they could have thought, oh, we're probably going to stream this on Twitch. We should probably make a Twitch add-on. Yeah, but you know, um, yeah, the cardboard live people—they've they've done a great job, and it's it really um, adds that sort of extra element that just makes everything really easy to to process and understand. Yeah, definitely. Which is what was necessary for this tournament, right? Yeah. Because um, I mean, they what what was the what was the peak the peak view account something like one hundred and thirty thousand. Yeah, something like that. So I think it's been a bit, a bit of a confusion over the numbers and the exact numbers because mm-hmm. Twitch does that thing where it counts viewers that are viewing from like embedded streams. 
So if yep. you just happened to be like on the Magic website or the Magic Esports site, the Twitch stream was also embedded on that site. So if you were browsing yep. that site and the feed was playing, that counted as a view. All the stuff like if you were on um, like the uh, Magic like MTGpedia, like Wikipedia, no, not the Wikipedia page, but the the MTGpedia page. Mm-hmm. Uh, that had like a Twitch stream embedded as well. So if you were just let's say you were scrolling around that, reading about like the history of like the Legend set release or something, and <laughs> uh, if the stream was playing, that also counted towards the, the viewership. So there were there was some definite like confusion over the exact numbers and what counted, but you know the big number at the end of the day was was really impressive, and the fact that we had over a hundred thousand people watching. Uh, watching a magic event at one time is is great, absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, like the the fact that it was so fast paced, the fact that you know because it was a, I mean we'll we'll get into this in, in more detail um, in a minute, but the fact that it's a best of one format, there's no sideboarding, there's no shuffling, there's no um, you know physical mechanics of a game having yeah. to happen. It all happens immediately. It all happens instantaneously on on the program. Um, there was no waiting around, and a, a couple of times, like the commentators had to join the game, like two turns in, because they'd gone on, like had a little chat for like two minutes. Yeah. Because the thing was so quick that the game had already started by the time they started commentating on it, um, which is really good because there was there was sort of, in terms of gameplay, there was no dead air, um, and you could just sort of flip between the matches and stuff. And obviously, when it when it got whittled down to like the top sixteen and the top four and everything, there was a lot of sort of dead air, which they filled with so many ads. Yeah. I can't remember. I can't. <laughs> I, I don't know exactly how many times I saw the um, Kills of Ravnica, Ravnica Allegiance, like trailer things, but <laughs> it was a lot. Yeah, um, definitely. It was that, and then it was just the uh, the Omen by HP adverts as well. God, I mean, like it's fine. Like they were, they, were, they had a really big sponsor, like a really yeah. big deal that they had that big of a sponsor. Um, and yeah, but they just—I mean, they, they had to, right? And obviously, if I was watching it all weekend, I was going to see that advert roughly a thousand times. Yeah, for sure. But it, it just felt like it was constantly on. Um, but yeah, it was—it was very fast-paced, very engaging. Um, um, and I think in terms of their first foray into esports, I think they did a really good job. Yeah, same. Then again, I don't really have any knowledge of esports events because I'm not into any esports. I don't watch Hearthstone. I'm not into anything like League of Legends or anything like that. So I'm not sure what the bar is to to sort of clear in terms of good esports coverage yeah um, I, I would agree that i I've, I've never watched like an esports event like i've seen like a few documentaries about esports and about mm-hmm. um like pro gamers and stuff and yeah. they'll they'll cover events and show sort of clips from events and stuff but i've never never sat down and watched a full event um yeah like mostly because it's just not not something i'm massively interested in mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah I, mean, I think like it looked it looked like an esports event from what I know of what esports events should look like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it looked great. Um, and obviously, my experience is watching Magic tournaments, right? Like watching the yeah. Pro Tour, watching GPs, uh, SCG events, and stuff like that. Um, it was certainly it felt it felt bigger than those. It felt like it was a special event, right? Like it was meant to be. Um, it felt it felt different. Yeah, it's a, it's but in a in a good way, I think, not Absolutely, in like a yeah. silver showcase way. Oh god, no, no. Um, it, they they put a lot of work in, um, and I, I think they did a good job. Um, 
and I, I honestly did enjoy it. Like there was, I, I didn't. I mean, I didn't turn it off at any point. So you know, yeah. if I wasn't if I wasn't engaged with it, I wouldn't I wouldn't keep watching it. But I watched for the, the entire weekend pretty much uh, when I wasn't doing something else. Um, so yeah, I, I think it was a it was a real triumph for the game, and um, I would be surprised if we didn't get um, you know a good few people interested in the game, checking out Arena, seeing what it's all about from that stream. Um, yeah, definitely. I think it was it was just really good for the for the game in general. I think like you got absolutely. so many eyes on the game, and so many eyes on the players as well. So you'll have like a lot of a lot of newer and casual players just tuning in for the first time. We'll get to see see the MPL players um, mm-hmm. sort of playing for the first time. Maybe uh, definitely the first time we're competing in an event like that. So they get yep. to see. Well, these are the people that. Wizards of the Coast think are the best players in the world. We're gonna check them out, watch them, see what they're like. But then you also got to see all these other really cool content creators and other people sort of close to the game that should be be highlighted. Um, you know, sort mm. of show off their skills and and it was yeah, it was just great. It was a great mix of this like competitive and casual, which which didn't really happen like in in Magic Past. Yeah, definitely. Um, and some of the, the the non-MPL players did very well. Yes, um, we saw them getting up towards the towards the the high end of the um, the high end of the tables and, and towards the finals, which was which was really cool as well. Um, and it, it gave you know people t- someone to root for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, definitely. Like that was the, the whole the whole thing that I really enjoyed from the weekend was was that whole you know hashtag eat the MPL thing. Oh hell yeah, of, that was great. You had like you know, everybody loves an underdog story, right? So you oh, yeah. you had half of the players in the tournament, you know, not being part of the MPL were technically these, you know, meant to be the you know these underdog players going up against like who Wizards of the Coast say are the best player in the players in the world, and every time every time a non MPL player won, especially against an MPL player, it was great. Oh yeah, it was really really good. Um, I did enjoy that like sort of. A little bit of Twitter beef that happened following yeah. that, <laughs> where some uh, some members of the MPL or like you know some pro players were getting sort of I don't know were kind of annoyed by the eat the MPL yeah, thing. Yeah. It's like man, it's a joke. <laughs> like if you're getting upset by that, you need to take a look at your life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was very very strange to see people like popping off about that. I'm just like, uh, okay, <laughs> that's like if that's the hill you're going to die on, sure. Yeah, definitely. Like some some players that I, I had. A... I had a lot of respect for. I kind of seen a slightly different light after after this weekend, just because they're yeah. yeah. Like I know, sure, everyone gets salty after losing a tournament, but like you know, <laughs> people were getting far too upset about about the the MPL thing and the fact that that the, all these non MPL players were were beating MPL players and it was great. Yeah, it it was great fun. That's what it was all about. Like it, it wouldn't have been as interesting if it was just oh the top sixteen is sixteen MPL players. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, um, and yeah, it's just like you're contracted by Wizards. Like this is your job. Yeah, and you're gonna get paid regardless. Like, sure, it's annoying that you don't get to win out this amount of huge amount of money, but in terms of like gameplay, like you're employed by Wizards. Yeah, and you're the you're the the top tier of of these people. And if people are gonna come and challenge and come and gonna come and kick your ass, then. <laughs> That's sort of the point, right? That's the yeah, point. For this, sure, this, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and um, I think I think yeah, it just felt a little strange for me that like a lot of the people that I saw complaining about it were like the same people a couple of weeks ago that were like advocating for like oh yeah we want more personalities and magic we want more more beef we want more 
you know, they kind of fight talk, smack talk and stuff, and then yeah, they, they, they lose a glorified coin flipping tournament and they get super upset that people are saying eat the MPL like you know like that's that's what it is on, guys yeah I, I know. It, it just it was it was a really strange little few hours on Twitter there that happened and I just I mean I thought it was very funny yeah. <laughs> honestly I just thought that was very very funny yeah um, yeah eat the MPL that's that was just great absolutely absolutely yeah. agree there yeah so that was that's sort of our I guess our feelings on the the tournament in terms of a broadcast um, and generally positive. I think it was very, very good. Yeah, definitely. Now, I think we have to talk about the actual format, right? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. So we had Standard Plus. Uh, we've, we have talked about it a couple of times already already on the show. It's, it's, it's not a real format, and I really hope it doesn't become a real format after this. It was goddamn terrible. Like, yeah. honestly, the format was not good. There were a lot of very good individual games, like I said earlier. Yeah. Um, there were some really good, like, you know, actual, actual magic played, but that was very few and far between. It just it didn't feel like watching magic sometimes, um, which was confusing. Yeah, I just, yeah. I hope that doesn't catch on. I hope we just sort of go for for best of three, like traditional best of three, where you have a sideboard, etc. Yeah, it, it from was, that one. It was very strange, or like at the very least don't have the decks randomized or yeah i'm not sure it it just it just felt far too much like a glorified coin flipping tournament to me like yeah yeah you had you submit your two decks and then you're going to play one at random against one of your opponents at random yeah i just it that doesn't sound like a good idea that in some cases that really wasn't a good idea and then like the whole double elimination thing was a bit strange as well the whole the whole tournament structure with the brackets and everything and the way people like it was very confusing. I still don't really understand how it worked. Yeah, um, like I, so I really liked that that bracket structure and seeing those players all start out, and then you know one by one advance to the next round and whittling them down all the players. Like I really liked seeing the brackets like that, mm. but the double elimination aspect I felt was was just a little odd. It was confusing. Yeah, um, it was very strange. But I mean. Yeah, just because because uh, in terms of the actual decks registered, like there was sort of the the meta choice, right? Which was um, mono white and Esper control. Yeah, or maybe like or, or mono red and Esper control. Like, yeah, uh, um, you, you take uh, an Esper control deck and then you take an aggro deck, be that mono red or mono white. Yeah, like a low to the ground aggro deck yeah. because the aggro decks beat up on the control decks and like you, you know the control decks beat up on it. In in a, in in effect, that's how it how it played out. Yeah. Um, and that. Just and then there were some people that would just turn up with because I think there was there was a disparity in terms of the, the decks that people turned up with because you saw some people turn up with cool decks that just wanted to showcase cool magic and yeah. just play because it's meant to be a promotional tournament right um, and they like Jerry T turned up with Gruul Agro and like yeah. um, Ragdos Midrange which is like they're not good meta calls yeah. they're fine decks they're perfectly fine decks that will win you some games but they're just sort of cool. And yeah, then, stuff like the like the Jund Warriors and like Slesnia tokens as well. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, and then as it as it got later in the tournament, it just sort of whittled down to these sort of hyper aggro decks versus these hyper late game decks. Yeah, um, which kind of got a little bit samey towards the end. Um, but it was just it was just a very strange format. So it, the, the, those deck choices it, it led to just like you said, like coin clips. It just oh, okay. Well, I got this bad matchup here, and then my next matchup is also bad. So I'm probably going to lose. Um, and it just it just felt. It felt very off. Yeah. Um, 
and it also led to very quick games yeah definitely the aggro mirrors were just over in five minutes because like it's two games um and it also it also meant that the 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 control x because you have to meta game and you have to put in <clears throat> excuse me you have to obviously have your removal and your board wipes because you don't you don't get a sideboard yep. um in a traditional sideboard um so you have to put in your answers you have to put in your moment cravings or your kaya's wrath or your um uh cry of the conarians yeah and when you had Esper mirrors, it was just so miserable to watch sometimes because you just had a handful of just misses. Until you kept... draw your Mastermind's acquisition. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that aspect of the tournament was great. Like yeah. that's a that was some sort of sweet tech for the for the tournament, um, making a wishboard and having a Mastermind's acquisition. But a lot of the time, it's just like, great, I've got this moment of craving and this Mortify against this this in this control mirror, and yep. nothing's really happening. There's no proactive magic being played. Because you have to have them against the, the aggro decks, right? Otherwise, you just get run over. Yeah. But in terms of the control mirror, it's just like, oh, both these players are holding completely dead cards. Oh, someone drew a Teferi, and it's over. Um, so that that part of it was, like, a bit a bit crap. Like, yeah. Whereas if you had best of three, like, actual traditional things, then if you have an Esper mirror, sure, the, the first game's like that, but then the next two games are, like, properly sideboarded, and we have answers to the decks, and they can take all their bad cards, and it's, it's a more... Uh, interesting viewing experience. Yeah, for um, sure. And I, I think it, it's, I think sideboarding on arena is really good because normally when you watch someone sideboard at a paper tournament, you don't really, you're not really sure what they what what they're bringing in, and the commentators sort of try and speculate, be like, oh, if I was in this person's position, I'd bring in this and take out these. But you don't really know until they randomly cast a card, and they're like, oh, okay, they've got that in their deck, yeah. sure. But arena is like a really good place where you, you can watch them sideboard. I think that's that's a, a, certainly an interesting facet to the to, to the the game. Like, yeah, definitely. You get to understand like what they're bringing in. You get to literally you get to literally see it. You get to see the sixty they submit for game two. Yeah, um, which which is definitely a good point, especially with wizards claiming that like sideboarding is complicated, especially for new players. Like, why not mm-hmm. show these sideboards and then have the the casters explain why certain cards are being brought in, why certain cards are being taken out. Yeah, as opposed great. to just not educating new and casual players on the sideboard and having them turn up to a paper tournament and not really being prepared. Yeah, exactly. Um, and and that's the thing. You know, people ask for sideboard guides all the time. People, I see a lot of people like tweeting at pros, being like, "Oh, do you have a sideboard guide for this deck?" And it's like, if you get to do, if you, if you had this this Smithing Invitational and it was all best of three games with one deck with a single seventy five. You get to see the players bringing in and taking out certain cards in certain matchups, and and you get to understand like the choices that they make, and like like say like the casters get to talk through those decisions and stuff like that. Yeah. Whereas there was none of that. It was just, oh, it's the the Esper Mono Red Mirror, and in game three they've both chosen to take to use Esper. Yeah. <laughs> what a surprise! Like, it it just wasn't. I, I think there was sort of a missed opportunity there. Like, like I I really do hope that they don't run this format back. Yeah, I agree. I think I think the vast majority of people if not everybody that participated in the tournament would would agree with you as well yeah i was thinking i i like i had well, there were reservations and hesitancies going in being like oh this format might not be great but we'll see how it goes like i could be completely wrong because i've you know we people have certainly been wrong before about these things and it, it could have been the greatest format ever and we all could have changed our minds just like yeah this is the future of standard magic at least on arena um and then you just watch it and you're like this isn't entertaining yeah um this doesn't seem fun for the players because they're just playing non-games where they have cards that don't interact with their opponent's deck. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, best of, best of One is the most popular format in Arena, by far. I almost exclusively play Best of One. Yeah. 
but it's because I'm playing for like an hour after work or like yeah for sure it's it's if, fast and convenient you can get exactly three to four games in the time it would take one or two games of best yeah. of three but if I'm playing actual magic if I'm like trying to test for a tournament or or like I'm trying to learn a deck or I'm I'm trying to just just improve my improve improve my magic play. I'm not playing best of one. I want to be sideboarding. I want to be understanding what cards are good in the matchup and stuff like that because that's part of magic. And like you said, like these people. So well, I don't know, you know, you you don't know how how true this is, but it's arenas meant to you know lead to people wanting to play, possibly pick up the paper game. Yeah. And if they have experience of just playing best of one, and they turn up to a paper tournament, like they turn up to an F and M or a game day or something like that, and they turn up with their deck and they're not really sure how to cyborg, maybe they don't have a cyborg because they're not sure it's that important, and like you, you just get run over because you can win your first game and then your opponent knows how to cyborg and just kills you. Yeah. Um, it's it, it was yeah it was a very strange format. Um, and yeah, like you said, like, I don't think anyone enjoyed it <laughs> from from the responses I've seen, from the responses I saw on Twitch chat, the responses I saw from uh, people like or people watching it on Twitter, um, from from the players themselves, just like this format was not good. Yeah, for sure. And it just left people dead so quickly. Yeah. Like people going to the tournament just got two losses because they got bad matchups and they were just completely out of it, despite the fact they're incredibly good magic players. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of conflict going on, a lot of luck involved. Um, and I, I you, you didn't really because I. Um, you didn't really get a story because, like, I, it was just a certain point where, because, I, I, like I said, I wasn't watching it the entire weekend. It's just when I, you know, but I had it most of the weekend, and then I just suddenly found out, oh, this person's been eliminated. What what happened? Yeah. Oh, they just got crushed in two games, and then they went home. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> great. Yeah, it, it was it was very very fast. Like over the the first two days, especially, it was just like, oh, X Y Z been eliminated. Oh, okay, I guess they're out. That's that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. I mean, the flip side, we did get that really cool, cool story of all of the the content creators and and streamers, sort of beating the MPL players. Like, sure, there was a lot of luck and and variance involved in it. I think mm-hmm. it was it was more so sort of luck than skill based. But mm-hmm. it, that I thought that was a really really good sto- uh, good story overall. Yeah, definitely. I think that was. Um... I think especially seeing like. Some of the players that I I really enjoyed watching were players like Sky Bills. Like Sky Bills was really cool. Like it was really cool yeah. to see her have some real what felt like real success there. Uh, like MTG Nerd Girl made it all the way through to the the top sixteen. Yeah, like yeah, who else? Like yeah, had like Amazonian did did fantastically. Uh, Jester Fund did great. Yeah, uh, Asian Avenger was really really fun to watch. Like yeah. Crim is just great. I think Crim's just like one of those perfect ambassadors for the game I think just always always in a good mood always having fun and just kind of playing the best magic he can oh if we're talking about having fun we're going to talk about Canister right yeah. <laughs> Canister yeah. was just the entire weekend it was I, so good I love Canister so so, so much um, so great yeah he, he clearly like regardless of, of where or not of where his standing was at the end of the day I think I think he he was the real winner of the event. Yeah, definitely. Just like spamming the the emotes and stuff. And yeah, like, spamming the just... it's, it's like for me, it was my favorite moment. Was see the final. You had um, yeah, Piotr Kulkowski, Canister against Andrea Mangucci. They're playing for two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. And game three, you just got like <laughs> broadcast to over a hundred thousand people. Here's 
the back the back sides of Canister's library just being flicked about yeah. on the screen. You can't see anything that's happening on the board. Yeah, just messing about. It was really, really it was so good. good. It was it was it was so funny. Such really... such an amusing player, but also a really good player as well. Oh yeah, played some great magic. It's the only player to bring bring the mono blue deck as well. Yeah, representing. Um and I think that was the, that was the that was one of the things going in, right? It was like this deck isn't particularly good in the best of one format, yeah. Um, because the Saltai deck, like the mid range decks, aren't particularly good in the best of one format because you don't get to leverage your sideboard, yeah. Uh, and Monoboon typically beats up on those decks, yeah. Um, but it still had real game against um, against the control and aggro decks of the format, yeah. Uh, uh, just a very good player, like he he made some very disciplined plays. Um, and play some very good magic. Yeah, um, definitely. I think he even he built that deck well as well. Like he was playing two copies of Surge Man instead of two copies of um, Essence Capture. Yeah, that was a really good call. Which is really Qu- good meta call. Was playing Quench as well, right? Uh, yeah, played yeah two copies of Quench. Yeah. Yeah, the Quen- the Quench was really good as well. Uh, I think just 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 as a, as a sort of catch all um, because you get to you know there's a lot of non creature spells that you, you care about in that in that in that format. Yeah. But. Um, aren't just got by essence capture and stuff like that i even just love on the, like the, the saturday night when it was asked oh well, what are you going to do to prepare prepare for the top four tomorrow uh you know, most people were like oh we're gonna you know i'll maybe i'll, I'll run a run a couple of games on arena and, and test a little bit but then i'll get an early night and get some rest he was mm-hmm. like i'm probably gonna play a magic online league with with uh with amulet <laughs> <laughs> and then he five five owed a modern league with amulet on <laughs> on what magic online it was great that's so good. Um, <laughs> yeah, just that was that was the thing about the about the weekend. So many personalities. Yeah, um, everyone was really cool. Like the interviews with people were really great. Um, I think it just it successfully did what it was meant to do. Like as an invitational tournament, like, tournament, it was it was great. <coughs> definitely, you definitely. got some really good stories. Some like really cool games to watch. Like specifically, I'd say. Uh, it was uh, Savitz versus um, Canister. That game was ridiculous. Yeah, those games were really, really good. Like some of the best yeah. next level magic I've seen of that weekend, mm-hmm. oh. uh, which I think was only one upped by uh, Matt Nass versus Seth Manfield. Uh, yeah, that was also great. Yeah, like <clears throat> Matt Nass just winning through Seth Manfield's Deferi Emblem. It was just so good because he just used his like his perfect memory to remember that. Oh yeah, like. Seth Manfield only has one copy of this card in his deck, and he's already played this, so I'm okay to to play this card blind yeah, and like, whatever he's got in his hand. Was it thought erasing the negate? Yeah, it was, yeah, he yeah, thought yeah, yeah. erasing his negate, and he was like, "Well, I know he's already got one copy of negate in his main board." Yeah, so I get to I get to take it here, and that yeah, that that uh, wins me the game. Yeah, that was that was really sweet. Um, I mean, it just that sort of goes to a test, like how good a magic playing Matt, Nass, Matt Nass is. Oh yeah, yeah. Um. Just a great guy. Every time he was on camera, I was just really happy. <laughs> He's a lovely, lovely guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, obviously, he did exactly. We, we can say all the things about the format we want, but in terms of like um, a promotional thing for Magic, it was really, really good. Yeah, absolutely. Did a lot of good stuff. Um, and I'm hoping that I get to see more copies of um, Mastermind's acquisition on Arena in Best of One. Yeah, it's it's certainly a thing. I I, I have noticed myself like the the Esperacuity decks are definitely popping up more and more. Uh, uh, and they're starting to play that and Mastermind's acquisition as a as a couple of as well. 
I've just played against exclusively mono red. <laughs> <laughs> Which, considering, like, I guess it's the lower ladders, right? So it's just people trying to ladder as quickly as possible to play yeah. mono red. Um, so I've played against almost exclusively mono red on the best of one ladder at the moment yeah um which is to be expected but yeah like uh, i think that was a sweet piece of tech for for that tournament that i hadn't seen that much of going into it yeah which was cool um being able to innovate in that sort of a weird format was um was interesting yeah definitely like uh, i remember um i was listening to lsv talking about it on limited resources from uh, last week uh, he was saying mm-hmm. like they got to the point where they were building their decks where they were like Considering all of the all of the options for Mastermind's acquisition, it was like, do we need to register a sideboard because we can play Mastermind's acquisition? Do we need to register a sideboard for a mono red deck that we're splashing Direfleet Daredevil in to cast our opponent's um, Mastermind's acquisition? Mm-hmm. Or what if you have like an entrancing melody and you take your opponent's uh, Thief of Sanity to get their own Mastermind's acquisition? Yeah. Just going through all of these scenarios, which could potentially happen. <laughs> And there's stuff uh, like you have expansion ex- as as well. Yeah, expansion yeah. to copy their their Mastermind's acquisition, um, which I've I've now got a sideboard for my team of reclamation deck on Sweet. Arena. Um, it's not particularly good, and I imagine it will never come up. But I just I own some cards, so I'll put them there because it's a free roll, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's it. Um, so hopefully, I get to do that at some point. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was it was it was um, it was a great weekend. It um, was. I, enjo- I enjoyed it a lot, um, and. A very deserved winner as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, Andrea Mangucci won the the event. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was good. It was it was still a little strange for that that final being the like the way it was. It was like with it being double elimination, Mangucci had to win one lot of best of one games. So yeah. he had he had to go like two nil two. I had to go like two x in their games. Yeah. Uh, but because Canister was in the lower bracket, he had to win two lots of them. Yep. So if he'd yeah, let's say if he'd won two nil, they would again have to play again. Yep. It's just it's just a really really strange format tournament. But Mangucci won. Uh, when asked what he was going to do with the prize money, uh, straight away he was like, "I'm going to buy some Beta Power and Beta Jewel Lands and maybe a Chaos Orb." <laughs> Yeah, it was so good. <laughs> That's the thing, because it's like, sort of all, all the people are watching it because of Arena, which means standard cards, yeah. which means, you know, all these flashy cards that you get to see, you know, on, you know, these pixels. It was meant to be a promotion for Arena, and that's what, what it's all about. It's just like, no, I'm going to buy the oldest cards I possibly can. Yeah. <laughs> um, which I imagine possibly confused some people that weren't afraid with Magic or that were watching it. Like, you sort of, if you, if you know Magic through Arena, um, it's sort of a, a, a weird thing to hear, but that, that was a very cool very cool thing yeah for sure I'm just, just going to buy some power yeah. okay cool yeah. I saw on Twitter as well uh, I can't remember <coughs> who it was but somebody was posting about him uh, saying the past couple of weeks he's been saying that he really uh, needs a new PC but he was holding off until the uh, after the Mythic Invitational because the uh, the first prize got a, got a PC added to the prize as well yeah, it was um, uh, Gabner Steve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he did. Like, he was looking for a computer, and then he, he found out that they added one to the price support yeah. for first place. He was like, ah, yeah, go on. Yeah, we'll see what happens. <laughs> just, um, Amazing. Yeah, I, I saw, I saw Mangucci posting on Twitter. He was like, does anyone have a good source for some beta power? <laughs> and this was like, I think this was like the Saturday night. <laughs> so um, that's really cool. Um, uh, Team Scarf won. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's really great. Uh, Brady's over winner, and he looked he looked absolutely stack about it as well. Definitely, definitely, um, which is great. Now there is one thing that I do think we we absolutely do have to touch on. 
Yep. Some unfortunate news we got on uh, on the night before the tournament. So Wednesday, 27th of March, the day before Mythic Invitational was set to begin, uh, the Magic Esports Twitter account uh, posted out a, a tweet uh, saying that uh, Owen Turtonwald would not be would no longer be playing in the Magic Invitational, and that his spot was going to be taken by BDM Brian David Marshall. Mm-hmm. Which immediately uh, that was like, oh, what's what's happened? What's gone here? Hope Owen's okay. Also, this is really cool for BDM. Hmm, mm-hmm. Like what? This is really strange. What is this? Yeah, so it was, it was sort of it was very cryptic. The yeah. fact that they they didn't announce anything specifically, just said he won't he will no longer be attending the event, um, led a lot of people to sort of just wildly speculate about what was going on. Um, and obviously, it's it's kind of, kind of a difficult situation where he's got a contract with Wizards, um, and so you know any, anything any details that they give out, it's it can cause all sorts of problems. Um, so it led to a lot of wild speculation, uh, and then there was a, a thread. Um, about him, which suggested some some sort of um, shady behaviour, um, and we got you know sort of typical uh, Twitter feedback from it, um, and that was all sorts of all sorts of uh, sort of unpleasant things being said. Yeah, it was a bit of a, a strange sort of like day and a half of like this initial announcement followed by complete radio silence from Wizards of the Coast and Owen and those close to Owen and lots of rumours and speculation on Twitter and Reddit and, and everywhere else uh, mm-hmm. and then on yeah on Friday uh, March 29th uh, Kotaku released an article uh, saying that uh, Owen had been incredibly accused of harassment and inappropriate behaviour towards female players and fans yep. and that a, a couple of, of players had been in touch with Kotaku with some some credible evidence, um, screenshots and the likes to uh, sort of highlight these things that Owen had been doing, which was most likely, if not definitely, the the reason he was removed from this tournament. Yeah, that was the thing, because there was a few people that um, sort of suggested that they knew the information and that they had they had the insight of what was going on, but which led to a whole storm of arguments and threads that, uh, that were just... It was... It was um, just very strange and very yeah. confusing um, but didn't want to go into the specifics in case it was something else because obviously Wizards hadn't um, made a specific announcement so you don't want to sort of um, well quite quite rightfully drag someone but drag some for, someone for something that isn't the point because it could have been you know we know all these things we know the potential reason we know some shady things that Owen has done but the situation you know it's a, it's a family emergency some kind of something something bad happened outside, outside of that um, so that, that's why they sort of kept quiet so they sort of made like oh I know I know what's going on um, but I'm not going to talk about it because um, XYZ yeah um, which it led to a whole load of stuff and a whole lot of sort of horribleness all over the internet in yeah, terms of magic a whole lot of bad takes a whole lot of bad takes yeah um, and I guess it's sort of, you know, this this thing happened, and then, and then there were there were sort of murmurings of potentially it was sexual harassment, something of that nature. Yeah. Um, and then we got that sort of typical response: "But oh, there's no evidence. You can't do that. You can't ruin someone's career because of this." And we're like, "Okay." The fact that <clears throat> Wizards of the Coast are willing to pull one of their contracts, who essentially an employee of Wizards of the Coast, yeah. from you know who is a member of the MPL who is playing in a million dollar tournament for them to immediately pull him the night before 
um, suggests that it's something very credible and not good, and yeah. that it's it's to be taken seriously. They yeah. wouldn't just take it on on a whim. Um, and you know, there's that whole getting into thing of like you know believing accusations, believing allegations of people um, because they wouldn't make them were they not credible. Um, and people got really caught up with the fact that they, we, we weren't immediately given evidence as, as if we were entitled to that information, as if yeah. we were entitled to know what was going on, which isn't the case. You're not entitled to know anything. The fact that Wizards of the Coast said he's being pulled is enough for you to know that it's not good and you're not entitled to know anything, any specifics about the situation until those parties are willing to make a statement. Yeah. Um, and even if they don't make a statement, then it's just how it is. Um, yeah, I, it's, I, I, it's, I, I do feel like that the wording of the tweet from Wizards of the Coast was was a was maybe a little too mm-hmm. cryptic. I don't know if cryptic is the word I want to use, but I think that, like a bit too be. vague. Like I feel like because initially it was it was very much like at least from what I saw it was very much like oh what's wrong with Owen? Is he sick? I hope he's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, has there been some emergency? What's happened? Yep. So I think if if they'd at least cleared that up that he was you know quickly cleared up that he's in good health. It's not it's not a health or family issue. Yeah. Then I, I think that would have that would have uh, I think that just would have cleared a few things up a lot faster. Uh, I think you still would have got the people being sort of assholes about oh, it. Yeah, for sure, <laughs> like, yeah, as is the nature of this sort of thing. But <clears throat> I think like it, it's frustrating not to know, right? So you, you hear this big information, like it's a big deal. This this person who has been preparing for this tournament, who has been working really hard towards it, has been streaming constantly, who's being paid to be there, who's a shoe in for doing well in the tournament, suddenly gets pulled. Yeah, you're like, I need to know what's going on. This is ridiculous. I need to know the information. But it's taking a step back and understanding you don't, you're not entitled to that information. Um, just accept it at face value. This is what's happened. This is yeah. what you're being told. Don't drag other people onto it. Don't start getting into arguments about stuff that, that isn't that doesn't concern you. Yeah, I mean, sure. it it concerns Owen. It concerns the people that you know pay his salary, and it concerns the um, the people that have been affected by his behaviour. It doesn't affect random dude bro on Twitter demanding to know information and being awful. <laughs> like it's it's not it's not your information to have. Yeah, agreed um, there definitely. Yeah, it's just it's it was it was upsetting to see the sort of backlash that it got, um, and it's it's always upsetting to see when things when this when things like this happen, and it's sort of evident that it's something of the nature of sexual assault or something the nature of just misconduct in general people because he's a famous magic player because he's a man like you can't get away from the fact that that is a relevant piece of information yeah um people just immediately jump to his defense and go, no this must be wrong he, he, he must be he must be golden he must be a perfect person he must not have made mistakes and done horrible things and seeing that as the immediate reaction is just it's it's upsetting um and it's disrespectful to people that have been affected by his behavior and yeah. it, it was just i i mean i didn't get involved in many conversations about it um i mean i said basically what i said on the on the cast like if it's something like that then this is perfectly reasonable it sounds like it'd be something like that because of the way that they've just immediately taken him down without making a proper statement yeah definitely um and i mean it's it's a similar thing we've seen we've seen it happen many times before there's there's the case with todd stevens yeah which was bad as well the fact like and we had the same response to that 
um, we have the same response being like, oh, you can't, there's no proof, there's no evidence, you can't do this. And it's like, okay, well, Star City Games, who are his employer, are immediately willing to terminate his contract and kick him off the SCG tour. It's probably quite credible. Yeah. Like, believing survivors of, of things like this is, is obviously incredibly important. You should you should do that. Absolutely. All, at, at all times. That That's the takeaway. But believe these people. Because it takes an immense amount of courage to come out about these things, especially when it's something like someone like Owen Turtmold, who's, who's you know, the, the the face of good like good guy magic yeah who seemed from our point of view perhaps not in the inner magic circle but from our point of view just seemed to be a very good ambassador for the game yeah. seemed to be a nice person seemed to be good yeah he seemed to be somebody who you know a, a couple of years ago and when he was first sort of emerging on onto the pro scene and I remember there being a lot of a lot of talk about him in like a negative light and that oh he's, he's you know he's he's very abrasive and arrogant and this and that and it seemed to be that as time went on his behaviour for want of a better term really really improved and he became much more sort of positive or at least what you know, what we perceived to be a much more positive role model for the game mm-hmm. it was certainly was was certainly one of my favourite players yeah absolutely um, so, and this yeah it was it was quite I don't know. Kind of like felt like the like I don't know, like the veil had fallen or something over over the, the Magic Pro circuit for me. I think over, over the past couple of days. Certainly, certainly. I mean, this is the thing. Like, it's <clears throat> it's incredibly difficult to make that kind of those kind of allegations about someone in that of, of that stature who's that who's that well respected in the game, who's that much of a big deal. Um, and it took a lot of bravery for those people to just come forward and be like, no, we're not, we're not letting this guy get away with it anymore um, yeah. which is essentially what's happened but like you say yeah it's it's it it casts the rest of the people in that circle people who knew Owen personally who were close to him or people in, in the pro magic community in general it casts them in a bad light right yeah definitely now that we know this um, and I mean it is reasonable to say we don't actually know anything specific yet right like yeah. but credible sources um, three people three people three accounts uh, at least three yeah yeah have come forward and they've, they've been described as credible um, I'm, I'm trying to word this way where I don't just get dragged for what I'm saying um, but you know you believe these people regardless because they wouldn't come forward were it not were it not something something true um, yeah. uh, but it seems like these people knew they, it seemed like it was a, a, a sort of known quantity that he behaved this way that yeah. he he'd been known for doing stuff like this um, which is Upsetting to say the least. I yeah, mean, this definitely. isn't this isn't about us, right? Like, Not it's yet. about the people affected by this. It's about you know him being dealt with. It's about those people being able to feel comfortable and and, and getting closure on their situation and, and dealing with their feelings and everything like that. It's not about us. Like our opinions on this situation don't particularly matter. No, but it is upsetting, right? Yeah, definitely. It it, it personally it was. I did find it very upsetting. Um, mm-hmm. Initially, I had a real what felt like a real sort of shock to the system really um mm-hmm. but yeah I, I think if anything like my it, it has been a big eye-opener for me this this, this whole weekend so I, I think my takeaway <coughs> is just like doomblade your idols absolutely because they will disappoint you unfortunately yeah um uh it calls into question a lot of a lot of people um and you know, there's no there's no sense in specifically going through those people because no, for sure. you know, yeah. um you know but it <sighs> people must have known right people knew that behavior and, and from from the responses that i saw on twitter and there have uh, i didn't know at the time but apparently there have been some red flags previous to this um oh, yeah. that people have now you know uh, called back to 
being like, this has been a problem for a while. This is something that people have known. And it's disheartening to see that people just sort of went along with it. And I mean, there's situation, you know, maybe no one knew because people that behave in this manner, manner are obviously are often um, manipulative and they're able to manipulate the people around them and able to keep th- keep things from people and all the, all the all these sorts of things but it, there's a lot of people that sh- probably should have known a lot of things yeah and they and kept probably quiet. could have known a lot of things yeah, yeah. and they, they kept quiet about it which is uh, incredibly disappointing yeah. especially you know because we a couple of weeks ago we recorded an episode about how important the magic community is and how important it is to to look out for each other to, to be respectful to do all these things and, and to not behave in this manner um and we were excited about it because you know the magic community is incredibly, incredibly important. It's it's very it's very very good. Yeah. And to see this is a blow to the community, honestly. Um, and it's 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 disappointing to see. Um, and uh, like hopefully the people that have been affected by um, Owen's behaviour can can find some sort of solace in, in that, and people can rally behind them because that's you know what what they deserve. Like yeah, for sure. It's 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 horrible, and some of the some of the reactions even after we've seen these these um, you know uh, was it Kotaku yeah the, the article after after this came out and you know you know these 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 things that we we have we have these allegations we have these sources we we have the these this evidence you know um, people are still like I saw some heinous comments about the situation and it's it, it's it's unsettling and it's it's scary to know that these people are playing magic and, and interacting with other people interacting with other human beings when th- their attitudes towards their attitudes towards women are disgusting yeah from some of the comments I've seen it's incredibly unnerving um like I saw I, I saw someone specifically say well this is just how all all men act I'm like that's not right like <laughs> if that's how you're acting you need to stop immediately because yeah. that's not like this isn't how all men act <laughs> this this is not okay behavior this is not something that can be shrugged off because i don't know like i, I don't know what they were really getting at but like if that's how you behold, hold yourself then you need to take a look at yourself and sort yourself out because that's yeah. not in any way appropriate um appropriate behavior obviously um and just because you know you're a man doesn't just just because, just because you you know you're not you're not entitled to anything um um it's that the whole thing has been has been scary to be honest with you from some of the reactions that i've seen yeah definitely it's it's uh you know whenever something something negative in the community happens it does bring out the worst the worst people tend to come out and yep share their their less than favorable opinions um jesus yeah and i think in particular because because of the the stature of of Owen as a player, and you know the the players that he's associated with, I think I think this is a real blow to the community. You know, I know it has certainly changed the way that I feel about about professional magic, or yeah. some professional magic players. And yeah, it did it did put a bit of a dampener on on some of the weekend, to be honest. Yeah, it 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 really did. Yeah. Um, because that was always in the back of people's minds, right? Yeah. We can enjoy enjoy this tournament as much as we want, and it was really good. It was honestly, I, I enjoyed watching all of it. Um, but there was still that sort of in the back of your head, like just uh, a sense of discomfort, a sense of unease. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and it's not; it's unfortunately not uncommon. Um, and 
I, I don't know. There's, a, there's so many things you can say about the situation, right? Yeah, it's just, absolutely. it's, it's, it's just horrendous. Yeah. Um, and people keep getting away with it, and the, the attitudes that, uh, unfortunately, apparently are, are prevalent in the magic community, uh, enable people to get away with it. Yeah. Uh, and it's just sort of shrugged off as just oh, a thing, a thing that men do. It's like it's not a thing that men do. <laughs> Be yeah. like men are men are able to uh, act accordingly and re- respect people's boundaries and respect women and respect people in general. Uh, I you know have experience of that i have experience of very nice very nice people acting correctly you know um but apparently it's still a prevalent part of our magic community where people can can think that attitude is is acceptable yeah so it'll be it'll be interesting to see see if wizards of the coast do make an official statement about it um i know he is still up on the the mpl website so i assume he is still, oh, really? still a member of the mpl at the moment um whether or not that changes we'll we'll play close attention and see absolutely uh, but i guess I guess you know what if, I mean, not not making light of that should we move on and something a bit more a bit more uplifting yeah there is there is one final thing I'd just like to say if, if that's yeah, okay yeah of course yeah uh, um there's been a lot of people being like, "Oh, you can't just let this ruin someone's career." And it's like, you absolutely can. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You, you you don't deserve to just be allowed to continue and allowed to, to yeah. be successful. Like, and like, if it isn't ruining their career, they ruined their career. Like, they ruined their career. They, it, he screwed it up. Yeah. Like, he was he was given this. He was he was offered. He, I mean, it's and not like not to make light of this right. He worked very hard, right, for where he is. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, he put in the work. There's a reason he was a member of the MPL. He's a reason he did well at tournaments. There's a reason he's a respected magic player. Um, but he ruined it by doing something in- incredibly bad. Um, and you know, it's he's still going to have a life, right? You can still sexually harass people and and have a career in something, but you don't deserve to be an incredibly successful and famous magic player if that's the way you're going to conduct yourself. Um, yeah, uh, he's he's ruined it for himself. People are just acting accordingly to the situation that has presented itself um yeah but yeah um i'm not sure there's an easy way to transition from from that sort of yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't really know how to move on on from that but uh i guess we should yeah yeah otherwise i'll just go on forever you know <laughs> so yeah the, the the final thing we got on the sunday before the before the finals i guess of the, the mythic invitational mm-hmm. uh, it was a a panel for war of the spark which uh, started with a trailer. Oh, the trailer! Could could this be the best trailer for a card slash board game ever? It, I don't know, but it was it has, has to has to be un- undoubtedly like yeah. so good. Obviously, I'm not going to I want to spoil anything. Go and watch it if you haven't seen it already. Yeah, I think there was over like four and a half million people had watched it on YouTube like the last time yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I looked at it. So if if for whatever reason you haven't seen it yet go go and watch it it's incredible it's, yeah it's on it's on youtube just type in more of the spark trailer it's it's fantastic um it made me very emotional yep it made me incredibly excited for the new set yeah if i wasn't excited already um i definitely cried at it um <laughs> you'll yep. have to go and there was it. there was definitely a definitely a, a tear or two in my eyes here when uh why'd they have to do dark like that oh man it's it's i, mean, I, I like that's that, that's just been your, your, the, the 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 what your one point for this whole thing. Like, <laughs> why is it going to be dark? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, like I guess uh, if if you haven't watched it already, like I guess we're going to spoil it a little bit. Sure. Just go and watch it because it's it's great. We can't do it justice. But yeah, it's it's focused on Liliana. Um, Dak 
Assu- we're assuming he's dead? I would assume so. At the very Based least, he's what- had his spark taken. Based on what transpires in the um, in the trailer, um, it's Liliana leading a horde of the Eternals from Amonkhet. Yeah. Um, because she's now under Bodice's control. Um, there's a scene with her younger self um, where she, she, she so basically she's walking down a promenade to what we now assume is Bonus's citadel yeah um, followed by you know a horde of the eternal and there's um, do they get do, does her younger self get killed under some rubble yeah well she, she looks and sees this pile of rubble and then so it, it's all kind of going backwards and mm-hmm sees this pile of rubble like a hand sticking out and the, the rubble goes back and you see that it's oh it's a young girl and and uh, presumably the younger the young girl's younger brother and they're, they're running from this all the chaos and war and eternals that are going on on amongst them and yeah this mm-hmm. rubble comes down and crushes them yeah um and we're assuming that it's young liliana because it looks very much like her yeah. and assuming it's uh, josie yeah before he became big bastard man yeah um so that's uh, so there's that bit, and then uh, she walks past Dak, who's getting attacked by an Eternal. Yeah, looks like he's having his spark spark taken. Yeah, he gets like stabbed and has a spark ripped out of him. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty brutal. It is. Yeah. Um, and in front of her is Gideon. Yep. Who then gets swarmed by a bunch of these Eternals. Yeah. Uh. He got quite viciously attacked. Like, there's a bit where one of the Eternals just stabs a trident in his back. Yeah. But then they stop, and he's totally fine again. Like, he's not even injured, which is yeah. confusing. Um, just kill him. Just kill him already, for God's <laughs> sake. Just kill Gideon. All um, the while, Bolas is perched atop his citadel, just kind of overviewing all of the, the chaos. and Looking yeah. goddamn badass. Yeah, he, um, he does. Uh, he, looks, he looks amazing. Yeah. Every, everything looks amazing in the, the trailer. Yeah, everything really looks so good. I think it's the best portrayal I've ever seen of Liliana. Like she's been portrayed in so many kind of different ways throughout her sort of history of the game. But I, I think this this trailer really sort of sums her up. Like you see, yeah, you see everything. You see the moments of like <clears throat> power and arrogance. Then you also see vulnerability and genuine fear. And then you see that moment where she snaps and. And turns the Eternals away from Gideon, and you know perhaps towards Bolas, and and you see the see the rage as she she makes what might be her final stand. Yeah, because her um the etchings on her skin, like her tattoos, yeah, they glow white. Um, when they're normally purple or like just black, sort of dark, um, they glow white, which is suggesting that she's turning against Bolas, and then she marches up to him and seems to be like you said, like turning the Eternals on Bolas himself. Um, and then she gets sort of set on fire a bit. Yeah. And appears to be crumbling and like burning up, um, and her skin just becomes embers um, as Bolas just, you know, tired of her nonsense. <laughs> um, uh, and yeah, appears to kill Liliana. We don't actually see her die, we see her burning up. And obviously, the whole thing, because she sees a vision of herself as a young girl, we're not sure whether this all of this is actually, you know, stuff that actually happened or if it's just a vision that she had or a dream or something like that. Um, but yeah, Bolas, Bolas seems to kill Liliana because she turns against him. Um, yeah. And all, all the what? What's the name of the song? I can't remember the, name of the song. It's in the end by Linkin Park. It is. It's a really, really beautiful cover of that song. Um, like a slowed down, sort of soulful version of that song. Um, 
which kind of became a meme that song kind of, yeah. that song just kind of exists as a meme to me but hearing that version of it was it was it was really fitting um it was really good and the whole thing was very emotional and i enjoyed it a lot and i've watched it about six times um, yeah same so good there's there's so much that happens in that trailer like so so much like just you know, go and watch it rewatch it look for, like i've noticed so many things <laughs> on like multiple watch throughs and things i didn't notice before and yeah even like that whole thing of like her going up against bolus like just mm-hmm. now I've, I've i've gone back and as we're talking i'm like looking at the trailer right now because i just thought huh i wonder if she's using the power of the chain veil and that's what's causing her to burn it might not be bolus oh maybe and no she has she's not wielding the chain veil yeah so even then then that that adds questions it's like well has she given the chain veil to bolus has does somebody else have the chain veil like what's going on there well, that's the thing, because like, um, that was sort of the, the thing at the end of Dominaria when Bolus whisks her away, being like, yeah, "You're not, you haven't escaped your contract. Your contract is still with me, yeah. and it's essentially just, I'll kill you if you don't do what I say." Um, and she sort of goes along with it because she doesn't want to die, which is sort of, you know, the the the, the black Fair manner enough, part right? of her person. Yeah, it's, yeah. The, it's the black manner part of the personality as well, just like you know, being sort of selfish. I don't want to die. I'll I'll do the wieldings of this evil dragon god, <laughs> so I don't die. Um, but then there's something that turns on her, right? Um, seeing Dak die, seeing Gideon get attacked, like yeah, she 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 turns, and uh, I assume it's Bolas just just killing her. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's 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 very very good. It's made me incredibly excited. Yeah. Um, watch, yeah. There was some there were some shots of the audience while it was on at PAX, and there there are a lot of people in the audience in tears, um, which sort of goes to show you how it's it's really weird, right? It's just this stupid nerdy car game that we all play. Yeah. It's just you know, it's just some cards on you, you, you attack each other with mythical dragons and stuff. But it, it still it, it evokes that emotional response from people, um, which is one of the reasons why the game's so great. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So I'm really excited to finally find out some goddamn story from Ravnica. Yeah. Same. <laughs> same. <laughs> I cannot wait for the story to come out. Uh, we've seen a bunch of cards already. Um, I'm sure we'll we'll touch on them next week and in the, in the week after. I think we've we've already talked a fair bit amount this week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we have some cool spoilers. Yeah. Um, they all look really interesting, really exciting. Um, there's a lot of planeswalkers. Um, I mean, we're going to specific, like we won't go into specific spoilers and stuff, but there are uncommon and rare planeswalkers. Yes, which I remember you specifically saying was stupid. Yeah, I, I still, <laughs> I still kind of do think it is a bit on on principle. Like planeswalkers should be mythic. They should be these awesome super cool legendary characters but i guess it's hey it's 2019 what i knew was magic's dead now right so <laughs> yeah exactly new new world uh, order yeah but i remember getting your message from you a couple of weeks ago being like oh these people saying that they're gonna be on common planes because it's so ridiculous I'm just like okay <laughs> <laughs> and then it turns out to be exactly true yeah yeah um it's cool i like and and the way that they've done them is really cool um, yeah We'll we'll definitely we'll touch on it on it next week. We'll have a proper big spoiler breakdown, I think. Um, yeah, because even as we're recording, there are still more spoilers coming in. Yeah, <laughs> and I've yeah. seen about five, five different new cards as coming in fast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So so next week we'll we'll hit all the spoilers because there's some really exciting ones, some really yeah. fun ones. Loads I can't wait to talk about, and <laughs> perhaps even some speculation as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of my favorite memes that's come from it is the Dak fade in, Dak fade out. <sighs> too, too early. <laughs> too early. <laughs> still oh, hurts I know I like how emotional you're about that oh. 
the greatest thief in the multiverse. He still gets his sparks rolling, doesn't he? Yeah. No longer the greatest thief in the multiverse. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he he stole our hearts and they stole his spark. I think you're the only one that cares as much about Dark Fading, dude. Uh, there is actually a a Twitter account. It's not me. Believe it or not, it's not me. But there's a Twitter <laughs> account called at Justice for Dark, which is <laughs> amazing. <laughs> just posting like Dark Fading memes. It's great. That's really good. But we'll have to see. I, I want to know what happens to that story in specific. Like, yeah, I, I need to too. know what the details are. Because it can't just be like, oh, he just gets randomly die. He just randomly dies and no one cares. Yeah, well, um, we, we know a little bit from the the story panel that was on the, the weekly MTG stream a couple of weeks ago that, like, there's a bit where he teams up with Obnixilus. Like, that's a thing. Sick. So we'll we'll see. I can't wait for the novel to come out. It's going to be great. The trailer's got me super, super hyped. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Awesome, but yeah, I do think that is pretty much all we have time for this week. If you liked what you heard this week and you want to contribute in any way, you can hit us up on social media. You can follow us on Twitter at HOFDcast or Facebook.com slash HOFDcast or you can go over to Patreon.com slash Devastation, uh, where we have a, a bunch of different uh, rewards for pledging uh, at different levels. If you pledge just uh, $1 per month that's roughly 25 cents per episode it gives you access to our Patreon feed uh, you have our eternal thanks and we have pledges all the way up to $20 per month and if you pledge that you get to come on to the episode to talk about whatever you want just like the awesome Tom Hughes did last week mm-hmm. uh, if you want to follow me on my own personal social media I am at PeachGardenOaf on Twitter or Facebook.com I am Joe Loudon you'll find me in pretty much just any of the magic groups Mm-hmm. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at snail69. Nice. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I, it still makes me laugh. The, um, yeah, I, you know, talking about magic, talking about social justice issues, as, as I'm known to do, all that sort of stuff. Uh, you'll see me on Facebook being annoying uh, and laugh reacting everything. <laughs> awesome. So that is pretty much all we have time for this week. Uh, once again, we are approaching the second hour. The God Pharaoh has definitely returned this time Absolutely. to Africa. <laughs> we'll see you next week on Arrow Devastation. Bye.